electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Hi, I'm Kelly Evans, host of CNBC's The Exchange, and here's what's on my mind. Here's a faulty thought process from 2008 that I see playing out all over again. Hey, these banks collapse and the economy is holding up just fine. No, no, no. The data point is not how the economy is doing the first few days or weeks after such a seismic event. I mean, I literally saw big bank research assuring us that credit card spending was largely unaffected in the days after SVB's collapse. No. The data point is that the seismic event, these bank failures, happened in the first place. Financial panics often start with investors fleeing supposedly safe assets, wrote strategist Brian Reynolds the other day. This panic began with what was supposed to be the safest of the safe assets, bank deposits. A massive flight to safety by uninsured depositors has now resulted in the biggest bank failure since 2008. But because regional bank stocks have since stabilized, we're supposed to believe the panic is now over. Not so fast. The panic would truly be over if Congress stepped up with a backstop that made bank deposits safe again. Uninsured deposits present a larger systemic risk than money market funds or commercial paper did in prior crises, Reynolds wrote. Only 55 percent of deposits are currently insured, according to MEBS services. Reynolds' proposed policy response is to guarantee all bank deposits for two years while limiting how much risk banks can take based on the amount of uninsured deposits they have. Sounds very reasonable. Unfortunately, we are nowhere near such a solution coming out of Congress. The two-day hearings on SVB and resulting commentary made it clear that lawmakers would rather point fingers at the Fed, at the bank's own mismanagement, and even at depositors themselves instead of coming up with a policy solution that would truly stop this crisis in its tracks. Ironically, if they did a blanket guarantee now, it probably wouldn't cost taxpayers a dime, said longtime bank investor Ben Makovic, who runs Strategic Value Bank Partners, because it would stop the deposit flight, he told me. But after meeting with lawmakers earlier this week, he concluded there is no appetite to do anything with FDIC insurance until there is another bank failure. And this is the sad crux of the whole issue. We are now setting ourselves up for more banks to fail, which will worsen the outcome for the U.S. economy. Just look at the downgrade of Caterpillar and United Rentals earlier this week. A 2024 slowdown was already on the horizon, but now is increasingly likely given ongoing regional lenders' turmoil and their sizable participation in commercial construction lending, wrote Baird analysts, who cut both names to underperform. They note the architectural billings index has already been in the sub-50 contraction zone for five months, with a perfect track record of predicting downturns in spending, and this was before the regional bank stress. Meantime, just because the acute phase of deposit flight has ended doesn't mean it won't resume again more slowly in the weeks and months to come. Bank deposits are in the midst of a two-stage shift, wrote Joseph Abate of Barclays yesterday. In the first, solvency concerns drove deposits from banks. But as this fades, a second stage is emerging, driven by interest rate differentials. People, in other words, are still going to move a significant amount of money out of banks and into higher-yielding treasuries and money market funds, he and others warn. Money fund balances have risen an average of 20% over the past four rate hike cycles, meaning another trillion dollars of deposits could still flow into such funds and out of banks in the next several quarters. 
This is a disaster for banks, who will need to raise deposit rates sharply in order to compete, which will seriously hurt their profitability and tighten credit provision to the economy. And it's why the KRE Regional Bank ETF remains about 25 percent below its pre-SVB collapse levels. Once again, if the Fed cut rates here, as I've been arguing, that could help start to stanch the massive outflows. Instead, they just hike rates instead, which will exacerbate all of these issues. The Fed is over-tightening in the face of a looming downturn, and Congress won't do anything until panic resumes and more banks go under. We've been at such junctures before, and they don't end well for the U.S. economy. Thanks for listening, and be sure to follow our podcast for more episodes like this and to catch our show live weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern only on CNBC. See you then. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.